Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer request, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. Book of Colossians chapter 1. I'm going to add to it tonight. I believe we're going to finish the first 14 verses tonight as well, but let's go ahead and get to that. Colossians chapter 1. This is a prayer that the Apostle Paul is, is praying for these folks here, the Colossians, all right? It's an epistle. It is a letter to believers. You need to remember that. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and Acts, those are for believers as well, but those are New Testament history, okay? It's talking about Jesus. It's, it's giving quotes, and it's telling the story of Jesus and his life, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And then Acts is this, it's named the Acts of the Apostles, all right? Once you get into the book of Romans, these are letters written to believers, certain churches, certain groups of believers, all right? So everything you need as a believer is in here. It's already in there in the scriptures, Old and New Testament. But let me remind you of this, that the New Testament is powerful in many ways, but the epistles are the letters to believers. And if you've accepted Jesus, made him your Lord, Everybody in this room, I know you've accepted Jesus. You are a believer. So these are letters written to you, all right? And it's dealing with issues in the church back then, but what, how many of you know that they're just as pertinent today as they were back then and vice versa? So, all right, so this is something needful for us. So we're in Colossians chapter 1. The Apostle Paul is praying a prayer. I'm going to go ahead and read through it again. Colossians 1.9. So we have not stopped praying for you since we first heard about you. Would someone do me a kind favor? Ray, would you close that door for me? If you don't mind. Thank you, sir. I just know just in case folks show up and it gets loud. We've not stopped praying for you since we first heard about you. That goes along with what I told you tonight about I can remember your faces, man. We'd be here in prayer in the morning. I could just see your faces as I prayed and I was thinking about you. We're always praying for you. All right. We ask God to give you complete knowledge of his will. That's a that's a big prayer complete knowledge of His will, and to give you spiritual wisdom and understanding. Let's go to the next one there. Then the way you live will always honor and please the Lord, and your lives will produce every kind of good fruit, right? All the while you will grow as you learn to know God better and better. We also pray, verse 11, that you will be strengthened with all His glorious power so you will have all the endurance and patience you need. How many of you know you need endurance and patience, huh? Some of the moms in the house said amen. All right. And some of the dads and some of the, the folks dealing with other family members and just dealing with humans. You, you need patience and endurance, don't you? I'm telling you. and th This is as pertinent for me and as significant for me tonight as it is for you. May you be filled with joy. That's, that's powerful. Verse 12, always thanking the Father. He has enabled you to share in the inheritance that belongs to His people. That's you. That's me. Who live in the light. For He has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of His dear Son who purchased our freedom and forgave our sins. All right? So I have some points, and I've been going over them for a while. I realize that. Some say, man, are we, are we in this again? Yes, you've got to understand how teaching works and how the Word works. And that is, you build upon something. Scripture says, here a little, there a little. You ever watched a block fence go up? You don't do it the first day. 
You say, man, I saw a guy do it. Well, then they, then they skipped out on the footers, didn't they? They didn't dig the footers right. If they did it all the first day, I question the integrity of it. It's possible, but most of the time, it's line by line, right? I've watched guys put up fences. They dig a footer. They put concrete in there. They leave it, and they, they, then they put some blocks in it, and it sticks to the concrete down there, and they come back and start building the fence, and maybe in a day or two, all right? So in the same way with teaching, there is repetition. But we're building on something. We keep adding more and more. Just like the gym. You ever been to the gym? Lots and lots of repetition, even until it gets old to you. But it sure feels great when you've done all that repetition and you flex your arm and you go, wow, that's different. That's different. Or your leg looks different. Or you lost some weight in a certain area. Or you gained some weight in a certain area. You say, wow, this is working. It's building on the previous day, it's building, building on the previous week, okay? Same thing with teaching and getting into God's Word. We don't always just get it the first time. So we're going to go through that tonight. I read you verses 9 through 14. We talked about this. Number one, God's will, right? We talked about His will. Powerful. We talked about spiritual wisdom. Number three, we talked about understanding. We talked about your life and lifestyle. And number five, these are just some points I pulled from this text here. We talked about Growth. Growth. Growth is very, very important. This says here, let, let's, let's look at this verse. Mm, verse 10. Then the way you live will always honor and please the Lord, and your lives will produce every kind of good fruit. Right? All the while you will grow as you learn to know God better and better. Last week I had some examples for you because we've been working in the yard a lot. And we, so we're noticing trees around town because we, we have an agreement with someone in Lovington. They're going to bring us a tree and plant it in the front yard. So we've been noticing trees. We've been noticing the stuff that we're doing. It's interesting how when you're learning about something, you start noticing it everywhere, don't you? You're researching cars, you start no- noticing that type of car. Houses, you notice houses. It's true. You're all, oh, that's a nice house. I can just hear you going, hey, babe, that's a nice house. I don't know if y'all use that word. That's a nice house. Look at that house. I like the bricks on that one. I like the fence there. I don't like that one. I don't like this. You notice those things when you're researching them, all right? If you're studying words in Spanish, well, you notice Spanish words, all right? So in the same way, my wife and I have been doing a lot of work in the yard. We've been putting some gravel, refilling some gravel. We, uh, my wife and, and her mom, Mom Brown, they, they planted some flowers and different stuff. We've been doing all kinds of stuff there. And we've noticed about how important it is around town, in our lives, spiritually, but also in the physical around town, how important it is to prune things. You ever seen trees in someone's yard and you go, wow, something seems off. Some of the branches are dead. Some of the branches look fine, but then there's leaves on half of it. Well, here's the issue. They need pruning. Do you know what pruning is? Trimming. Trimming. All right. So I've noticed this in my life, especially lately. And then reading this text to you on Wednesday nights, I'm saying, Lord, I need some pruning in certain areas. I need you to trim the fat. I need you to trim some of the branches off so that they can grow better and stronger and bear more fruit in that area because I want to be fruitful. All right. Bearing fruit isn't always just in numbers. You say, man, I'm bearing fruit. I led someone to know Jesus. That's powerful. That's fruitful. But bearing fruit is also the fruit of the Spirit. 
Say, what's the fruit of the Spirit? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, you know, long-suffering, temperance, all these great things. The fruit of the Spirit is how you deal with other people, right? How you relate to God even. I believe you relate to God with the fruit of the Spirit as well. Say, man, God has given me joy, so I have joy. And I'm going to praise Him with great joy. You're relating to God. You relate to God and others with and through the fruit of the Spirit as God helps you with that. But how many of you know that those aren't automatic? It takes pruning. I've been in a season right now that I feel like it seems like almost every day there's something getting pruned and worked on. And some days are better than others. <laughs> you ever been there? Man, praise God, it was great. And sometimes you, you struggle. You struggle through some areas and you go, man, I need work in that area. Lord, help me. You apologize to whoever you need to apologize to, right? And you keep going. And I've had to do that. And I've noticed, especially in the last few weeks, I'm like, Lord, this is for me. This is a prayer that Paul prayed for the Colossians. But at the same time, it is so relevant, so timely for me right now because, Lord, I want you to do some of this. So that's number five is growth, all right? And that takes some pruning. Let's have a cross-reference here. Let's go to John chapter 15. I'm going to read you some verses tonight. This is very, very important. John chapter 15. Look at what Jesus said. He said, I am the true grapevine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit. So we are his branches, right? Say, he cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit, and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit, so they will produce even more. Wow, that's good. Here's what Jesus said. You've already been pruned and purified by the message I have given you. God's already working on you because you've received the message of Jesus. All of you. Everybody in this house. Everybody on Facebook Live. You've received any words from God. You've heard the word preached before. You've read your Bible. Jesus said you're already receiving. So he says, remain in me and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the what? From the vine. And you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Have you ever noticed this? You cut something off a tree, and all trees are different. But we know for a fact that eventually, whatever branch you cut from a tree, it's been separated from its life source. Those leaves will wither and then get crunchy. And some take a while. I've seen some. I worked in the yard, worked hours, as a matter of fact. I'm like, man, that branch still looks good. You ever seen somebody like that who's dis disconnected from their church home? You're like, man, they look like they're doing great. Uh-huh, give it some time. Give it some time. They look good now. The leaves sure are green and shiny. I've been talking to you all about mulberry trees, my love-hate relationship with mulberry trees, especially the fruitful mulberry trees. Bless God. Wow. We have a, a fruitful mulberry tree at our house, and the leaves are so shiny, and they're thick, and they have a unique shape. It's just a, it's a very pleasing tree to look at. And I've trimmed some branches before, and you just lay them out in the yard in the heat, and they look great for a while, but it's, you know, uh, so it is in the spiritual as it is in the physical. All truth is parallel. You say, wow, I know that after a while, that branch is not going to be able to live. It's not going to be able to do well, disconnected from its life source, Okay. Remember that. He said, you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Verse 4. Yes, I am the vine. Verse 5. You are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you hear me quote this all the time. I have to remind myself about this. Matt, don't do it in your own strength. 
For apart from me, Jesus said, you can do nothing. Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. Wow. Did you get that analogy? Verse 7. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want and it will be granted. When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. This brings great glory to my Father. Isn't that powerful? This brings great glory to my Father. I think I only gave you through verse 8. So remember, I want to I refer back to a verse here. Verse 5. Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. But when you remain in, the, in God, he continues to prune you. I was talking to a close friend of mine before the service tonight. We we're talking about how God's goal for us is to improve and get better in certain areas. It is. Everybody has weaknesses. Everybody has different things they deal with. We all have preferences in here, don't we? How many of you like, let's see, how many of you like hot coffee? Anybody in here? Hot coffee. All right. How many of you like cold coffee, iced coffee, where it's cold? Yeah, I got others going, ah, not so much. Okay, you like it cold. So did you say hot as well? You like hot coffee, you like cold. But it's got to be hot, right? And it's got to be cold, iced. How about this? How many of you like lukewarm coffee? See, that, I'm with you. Sis, if the coffee is sweet and it's strong, I'll, I, I have my preferences, hot or cold, but if it's lukewarm, I'll drink it anyway. I'm like, this has caffeine and it tastes sweet. I'll just knock it out. Hot, cold, lukewarm. I'm the same way about eggs. This is about to gross some of y'all out. I don't do it much because it's recommended against even with organic eggs, but I'll put raw eggs, really. I'd put raw eggs in a shake every day if I could because I don't mind them. I just like eggs. And people are going, <laughs> I don't so how do you like your eggs cooked? Do you like them over medium? How many of you like your eggs over medium? Raise your hand. Over medium. All right. How many of you like uh, sunny side up? Anybody? Oh, you do. Interesting. Just leave it, cook it, leave that thing alone right there. Just splash some grease on that thing. Or how many of you, how many of you just like it like, uh, is it over, it's not over medium. Is it overdone or over hard? Over well. Okay, you like scrambled. Scrambled hard. Where there's even some color, like you cooked it and it's a little brown. You don't like no raw eggs then. I don't know if that has to do with the military. I don't, it might. It might. It could be. I don't know. Me, I'll eat a runny egg. I'll eat a, a hard egg. I've told my wife over there, and my wife is a great cook. I'm like, She's like, oh, this egg is not. I'm like, put it over here, and it'll. We'll, I'm going to show you a magic trick. It's going to disappear. Runny, hard, overcooked, undercooked. I don't care. I just, I like eggs. I like the flavor of eggs in a souffle. I, I like the flavor of eggs in, in, in baking. I just like eggs. All right? We have preferences. We have areas. All right? Some of our preferences are good and Here's my point tonight. See, these are really innocuous little preferences, harmless preferences. But some of our preferences are good, and some are not, not that godly. Some are less than Christ-like for certain things. 
Certain things bother us that shouldn't bother us or whatever. And that's just life. But the beauty of life in Christ is this. God is always working on you. If you ready, you ready for this? If you let him. Because you, you can resist change. Scripture talks about in the Old Testament, it says that the Israelites were stiff-necked. You guys ever dealt with a dog or a horse or a mule like that? We have two dogs. One of them, you can get him by the collar because he was trained since he was like four or five weeks old. He was a little bitty thing. So you can get him by the collar. He's just obedient. You can just lead him around. And he's all boy, that dog. But you can lead him around by the collar. The other dog, she wasn't trained that way. She grabbed the collar, and it's, she's like, this is unfamiliar to me. She's a little, in that way, she's stiff-necked. Can't hardly get her to do anything. So Scripture explains Scripture. Scripture talks about the Israelites at some points in their relationship with God, their dealings with God. They said, we won't. We just won't. They were stiff-necked. They tightened up and said, we're not going to do anything you say. We're not going to let you change us. We're not going to let you work on us. But thank God for Jesus. Thank God for Jesus. Thank God for chances, right? I thank God all the time I wasn't born in the days of the Old Testament. I kid you not. I think I'd have gotten stoned or something. And I don't mean, get, I, don't mean I, was, I would have gotten high. That sounded funny to some of y'all, and I caught that. The irony was not lost on me, but I mean stoned, like rocked. In the Old Testament, you did certain things. They'd say, take him outside, of the, take him outside and they'll just, just wipe him out with rocks. Uh-uh. Now, I'm glad I was born in the age of grace, all right? In the age of grace, you got to grow. God expects you to grow. He's given you lots of mercy and time and patience. He says, grow, 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 grow. Number six, strengthened with his power. Wow. That's verse 11. We also pray that you will be strengthened with all his glorious power so you will have all the endurance and patience you need. May you be filled with joy, always thanking the Father. Now, there's a Christian saying right now that I beg to differ with. You, I know you've said it because you're a believer, and I've said it before because I'm a, I'm a believer. And it's kind of misquoting Scripture, though. Have you said this to someone lately? Hey, God's not going to give you more than you can handle. You have. I see what you mean, and I've said it. But it's not exactly true. If you look at Scripture, God gives people more than they can handle all the time. Here's the key. He's not going to give you more than you can handle with his help. Pay attention to that. Because that's a well-meaning statement. I've said it, and I know what you mean when you say it. I think I've even said it recently. Oh, you know, man, God's not going to give you more than you can handle. Oh, really? Nuh-uh. Man, I've been through some stuff, and I'm like, I can't handle this. Oh, you're handling it. No, I, I was like, I, I'm done. I can't handle this. And God says, just like he told the Apostle Paul, my grace, my grace is sufficient. My empowerment for you is enough. Let's get into the next verse there. Always, that's verse 12. Always thanking the Father. He has enabled you. Enable is another word for empower. God's empowerment for your life is his grace, his favor. He has enabled you to share in the inheritance that belongs to his people who live in the light. Wow. So next time you think, man, I can't handle this, don't worry, you've got God with you. Some of y'all have been through some stuff. I don't even know all of your stories. I don't. I know some of your stories. And some of y'all have been through some stuff that only you and God know about. 
and you're like, there's no way. I, it was way more than I could handle, if you really think about it. But with God, you handled it with his help. So God will, God will put stuff on your plate that is just too... He, you go to the gym with God sometimes, and you, see, you can almost in the Spirit see him sliding 45s on the edge of the... Some of you are catching that. <laughs> that I can o- some, some of you are like, what? I can only bench press 145 on each side. We haven't done reps with that. That's, that's 445s on each side. I'll never forget. And I was slimmer then than I am now. I was probably 155 pounds dripping wet. And I went to go work out with the power team. Anybody remember the power team? Those guys are impressive. You know what's real impressive? Go to the gym with them. Man, they do reps with stuff that I'm thinking I would love to max out on that one day once. So I walk in with a guy, and of course, Cruz, you're going to appreciate this. I think his name was Russ. He's about six, two and a half, bald-headed, just neck muscles like that. And I walked in with him, and he kind of took a liking to me for some reason. And the other guys are there working out, and he's all, who's working out with me today? And all the other guys just kind of ignored him, just because he was kind of psycho in the gym. And he's all, you can work out with me, and I'm all, I'm all, <laughs> I'm all, are you missing something? He's all, no, come on, man, just come on. You do, you'll do what you handle, I'll do what I handle. But I'll never forget, he stacked so many 45s on that, that barbell that the bar was bending and he goes, be sure and do the clips. He goes, not because I'm going to drop them. He said, they'll fall off. He said, I promise you, we're going to bend the bar when I work out. And he wasn't being proud. He just, I go, okay. So we put the clips on there. And he goes, this is how I do it, homie. I said, all right. So he's working out with those 45s. And I remember thinking, no way. And he would do it like he was mad. He said, I've learned for chest, and I don't recommend this. I am not a nutritional expert, and I am not a fitness expert. So... Everybody listening, don't try this at home. This is a big guy. He was about six, two and a half, 305 pounds, and no fat on his body. So he was diesel. So he lays down, and he goes, all right, you got the weights up there for me, brother. Let me just do this. He goes, we're going to do reps of 10. I said, okay. He goes, watch how I do it. And I'll never forget, he had like four 45s on each side, and he took that thing off the, the support and he said, I'm going to explode off my chest like I'm mad. I'm going to do it over and over again. He goes, and he is explaining the science of, to me. And I was like, that sounds like you're going to get injured. But he had so much on there. And he, he's just exploding off his chest like he's mad. And he goes, I want you to do that now. And I had a 45 and a 45. But I was only like 155. So at that point, that was 135. So think about that. I just need you to get perspective, all right? I was bench pressing almost my weight and doing sets of 10. <laughs> so just remember that. Have, have mercy on me when you think about that. But he said, no. No, he said, make sure. And then we were working out, and this dude was such, and he called himself, he said, I'm a weight hog. He said, I'm going to use, he said, there's going to be parts of the gym. I'm going to use all the weights they have. We're going to have to borrow weights, and we're going to bend bars if they don't have the right kind. And I said, okay, I'm with you. At one point, I go, do I need gloves? He goes, what kind of gloves? Pink gloves? No. I go, great, I don't need gloves. He's all, just do what I do, just with less weight. Okay. But my point is, he was stacking on there for himself, and I thought, wow, never. But even when he stacked for me, I just had 135 pounds. And I said, there's no way. And he said, no, there's a way, and you're going to do it, and you're going to do it great. And I did it that day, but, man, I was sore. (laughs) God gives you 
over and over again. Not because he's unfair, not because he's unmerciful, not because he made a mistake, not because he's out of his mind. God gives you more than you can handle over and over and over again in your life, if you're really honest with yourself. Why? Because he knows you can get better and he wants to improve you. He is pleased with you and he he knows this is not the end of your journey. There's stuff, I'm going to tell you right now, there was stuff I would have never chosen for my life. I would have never chosen for my mom to pass away when she was 65. There's some of you in here that lost loved ones like that. You would have never chosen that. And you put that on God. Hey, no, he allowed it. I don't understand it all. He didn't do it, but he allowed it. I don't get it all, but I'm telling you, mom's in heaven. She's in perfect peace. She's healed. And I'm telling you, that's been one of the things in my life that has worked on me and worked on me and worked on me and worked. And I thought, oh, I'm good now. I'm great. And then I'd cry again. (laughs) I'm great. Oh, man, that bothered me. What's going on? God has taken pleasure in you, and he's going to keep putting 45s on your barbell. And he's going to be right there to spot you, and he's going to help you because he knows that with him, all things are possible. But Jesus said in that reference in John 15, he said, apart from me, you get disconnected from me, you can't do anything. So don't forget that, all right? Your growth is so important to him that you be strengthened with his power. Number seven, that you walk in joy and be thankful. Number nine is that word empowered. We just went through that. Verse 12, that's God's grace on you. You're empowered. You're enabled. You have his grace. Number 10, you're rescued. Isn't that good news? Let's go to verse 13. For he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son, who purchased our freedom and forgave our sins. So now he's rescued you, transferred you into his kingdom. That's crazy. From darkness to light, Scripture says. He's purchased your freedom, and he's forgiven your sins. Can you imagine that the God of the universe thought you mattered enough to do that? I've been a believer a long time, and I'm going to tell you right now, I, I accepted Jesus when I was, I was seven, I think I was seven years of age. I was in California, and I will never forget that day, that moment, but I know this, that since that moment, God has been working on me, he's been teaching me, and he's been reminding me, remember, I forgave you too. Remember, I forgave you too. Remember, I had mercy on you. Have mercy with other people. Remember, I've been good to you. Be good to other people. Remember, you weren't born saved. That's just been a reminder to me because, you know, you've been saved. You've been in the Word, and then you forget and go, man, why are they acting that way? Why are are people in the world doing that? Why, Why is it that way? Well, man, they don't have Jesus yet. But here this letter is written to you and me. So I want to read through this. And we'll be done for tonight. Let's start with verse 9. And we're going to personalize it, okay? Like we've been doing it every week. So let's start with verse 9. And I'm going to start with, we ask God. All right? You ready? You, you personalize it. You say, I ask God. Say, I ask you, Lord. And we're going to pray through this. All right? You ready? This is going to be a good confession tonight before we wrap it up. So say, 
say, I ask God, there you go, read through it, to give me complete knowledge of his will and to give me spiritual wisdom and understanding. So make sure you're personalizing it, okay? Verse 10, then the way I live will always honor and please the Lord, and my life will produce every kind of good fruit. All the while, I will grow as I learn to know God better and better. I also pray that I will be strengthened, verse 11, with all his glorious power, so I will have all the endurance and patience I need. May I be filled with joy, always thanking the Father. He has enabled me to share in the inheritance that belongs to his people who live in the light. For he has rescued me from the kingdom of darkness and transferred me into the kingdom of his dear son. Wow. Who purchased my freedom and forgave my sins. Praise God. What a prayer. Let's pray together again right now. Father, I just thank you for tonight. I thank you for your mercy and your power and your anointing. I thank you, God, for never giving up on us, on any of us in here. We've messed up. We've fallen short at times. But, Lord, your mercy and your grace is there. And I want you to know this, God, the desire of our hearts, desire of our hearts is to seek you and know you better. If there's anybody in this house tonight at the sound of my voice who says, Pastor Matt, I need to get right with God. Either you've never accepted Jesus or you just need to get right with God. Would you raise your hand, please, in this house tonight? Same for those going online, listening online, watching online. This prayer is for you as well here in a moment. Is there anybody in this house who wants to get right with God? Just raise your hand in Jesus' name. All right. Let me lead, lead you in a prayer anyway. Anyway, everyone repeat this with me. Say, Heavenly Father, please forgive me. Cleanse me by the blood of Jesus. Make me right with you again. I believe in Jesus. He is my Lord. And now I want to live like it. I confess and I believe. And I thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. Now I'm going to move over here closer to you tonight, crowd. I'm going to get, get closer to you just for a moment here. And I want to pray for you specifically, those listening and, and watching as well. But th it's really important to me that I just, I just pray a blessing over you tonight. Just agree with me in Jesus' name. Father, I speak life and light and hope. I speak unity, understanding, spiritual wisdom. Lord, I thank you that there is joy and thankfulness in every heart in here tonight. I thank you, God, that you've only just begun the work. I love this, God, and I believe I'm going to use this verse on Sunday. The book of Zechariah, you said this in your word, is do not despise the day of small beginnings. Don't hate it when it starts off small. Don't do that. Say, man, yeah, I'm doing better, but yeah, it's, it's slow, it's... It's gradual. Yeah, but God's working in that area in your life. Do not despise or hate the day of small beginnings. Here's what the Lord says. For the Lord rejoices that the work has begun. God's excited that it has begun in your life. Make small tweaks and small improvements in your life every day with God's help. You can't do it on your own, but God can help you. I'm going to tell you right now, we've come this far by faith. Father, we thank you for your mercy and your grace. I plead the blood of Jesus over your people, listening, watching, but for everyone in this room as well, Lord. I thank you that your hand of guidance, protection, power, blessing, anointing, favor, and grace is over every one of them. 
Thank you because your word fell on good ground. Now help us to apply it. We thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Well, it is good to see y'all in the house again tonight. And thank you, everybody, for joining us on Facebook Live. I'd like to go ahead and take up our offering. If you have an envelope or need an envelope for tithe or offering, go ahead and raise your hand. If you have an envelope, well, you can use that. Remember, there's three ways you can give. You can give here in person, either here in the church sanctuary or at the church office during the week. You can give at kingsgatehobs.com or you can text to give. And there should be instructions on your screen or on the screen here as well. Anybody else need an envelope for tithe or offering? All right, let's pray together. Let's believe God. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to give. We give because we believe in you, we love you, we honor you, we obey you, and we are part of your covenant, and we are your people. Now bless it, Lord, because we need the blessing. We thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen.